0: What's up, Rad Dads, and welcome back to another episode of the Rad Dads Show, hosted by none other than the two raddest dads on the East Coast. I am Sal.
1: And I am Rob.
0: Hello, Robert. How you doing, Sal? Very well. Very well. And yourself, Rob?
1: I'm doing great, Sal. Thanks for asking. Tonight, we are going to be bringing back the 2020 Bourbon Reviews for your listening pleasure. Listen in and enjoy. So, what is your bourbon that you want to review? Widow Jane. Oh, that's a good, that's a controversial one for us. So, I'll give yes, my on Widow Jane. I do not like it, and that is not their <laughs> opinion. I think it's too has too much of a bite. Um, the subtleties of of the the bourbon don't don't come through for me. And I think there's a group of, in, in town who actually went to the distillery and kind of went through and saw their process, but it's just too, it's too much of a punch. And I know it's not, I know you don't agree with that. And I know a lot of people don't agree with it, but when I compare it to other whiskeys and bourbons around the, that range, I feel there's better selection or even cheaper that are better selection. What is your take on Widow Jane?
0: It's very different than yours.
1: Yeah, I know. That's why I, I like that. That was a good uh, good one.
0: I, I don't think it's got that much of a bite. I think it's smooth. It depends. I mean, sometimes I'll have it with a, a, an ice cube or sometimes I'll, I'll drink it neat. For the most part, I like drinking my bourbon neat. To me, you get the full effect of bourbon. You get the, the the aroma, the flavor. I know some people, they take a medicine dropper and, and they squirt a couple uh, drops of distilled water. I like it neat.
1: Does anybody we know actually do that, do the distilled water?
0: No, I've, no. I, I, I've seen people do it.
1: Oh, okay. I've read that people do it because it opens up the bourbon a little bit more. And that's yes. a good fall. So you like it neat. I do enjoy One Rock. For the whiskey we're going to try, or the, yeah, it was whiskey. Bourbon. Bourbon. That we wanted to review. It's Few, F-E-W, Rye Whiskey. Sal, why don't you give your perception of it?
0: So the Few Rye Whiskey, smooth at the sip. Your first taste. Well, let's back up. The aroma. Let's go for the aroma. Pour it. Smell it. Let it sit. And then uh, when you sip it, smooth. It's got a spicy finish. Definitely caramel get the caramel flavor and you you can also smell the uh caramel smell
1: the caramel smell smell definitely comes in it's definitely smooth going coming in so as you're sipping it but as you swallow it and, and it rolls over your tongue and into your throat and this sounds very perverted i'm sorry it actually <laughs> almost spit out my water
0: <laughs> it
1: actually and i'm trying to be serious about this <laughs> Not actually joking for once. It actually is spicy and a little bit and a little bit tougher at the end. I don't remember if we gave Widow Jean a a ranking, but I think we should be doing a 1 through 10 ranking. What would you give few?
0: Very few points. Very few points. (laughs) No, uh, just kidding. I'm going to say I'm going to rank a few. Number four. Number four, a four,
1: a four out of ten. That's forty percent. Four out so of that, ten. Uh, you fail if, if that if you're in the grade school, right? You know it's sixty uh, percent and above. Yes, yes. Typically seventy, so. but four. That's rough.
0: According to few, you're supposed to taste the malted barley. They say honey. I, I didn't get the. I didn't get the honey. I think the honey's the smoothness on the initial sip. I got the caramel. I got the spiciness. They got spicy fruit. Dry. And Someone please zest. tell
1: us what spicy fruit is. Yeah.
0: I didn't get the citrus zest, so that's why I give it a four.
1: Four. So if you didn't have that little cheat sheet we provided, what would have you given it?
0: Still a four? A four. Okay. A four.
1: <laughs> that's an interesting rating. Didn't see that one coming. I thought maybe you would have been up at or seven or eight. Oh, it's going to be hard. This is going to be our first rating. Uh, I think I'm going to go... With a 3.5. 3.5. 3.5. Slightly underneath you. And we probably shouldn't be going point anything at this point since this is the first one we're rating. But since it's the first one we're actually putting a number to, it has to be a little harsher. Because the ones that you're going to go up against, if you go against the favorites that we have, which are blend, Um, Four Roses, for me, Breakers, which is a new one that I just told Sal about, Legend, some of those other ones are well above five. For me, Widow Jane is probably under five. I know Sal has a difference of opinion, but that's really going to be the breaking point. And I think for us, eight through 10, and I don't have a 10 yet, I haven't found a 10, but eight through 10 are going to be, you know, our top picks. And No one's going to get a 10 because we have to be open-minded and for new contenders who are going to come into
0: the industry. We are tonight going to do a tasting on New Riff Kentucky Straight Rye Whiskey. Distillery is the New Riff Distilling. The bottle is 100 proof. Not the bottle itself, but the alcohol in it. The bottle's beautiful. (laughs) Um, it is considered a straight rye it is bottled and bond without chill filtration i will explain what that means in a few
1: and we'll put it in the liner notes
0: aged approximately four years the mash bill is 95 percent rye five percent malted rye and it's also a sour mash which it's delish Uh, color is deep amber and price point is forty two to forty six dollars. I would say I am not the biggest fan.
1: It's a little harsh on the lips and on the throat. It has a, it has a very strong bite if you, if you take it neat. And that's how we wanted to try it. We're trying everything neat. From that perspective, it was it has a sweet smell to it which i believe is like a vanilla or a maple the initial taste is is a little bit harsh it comes in strong and then when you if you're if you're into sipping bourbons and whiskeys to be fair, I am not a bottled and bond guy, and I don't love rye. I personally have the other New riff bottle, which isn't the rye, I believe, right? Which yep. we've tried previously, that we've tried off-air while I've been hanging out, and we'll do a review on that. Last week, I gave a 3.5 for whatever we tried. That was the few. That was the few. Episode That's true. five. Episode five, the few, and I will probably never buy it. But for New riff, we did a second tasting after the neat. We put a, a nice bowl in, so... I felt with a little bit of melting of the ball, it kind of lessened the intensity of the burn. Now, remember, it's 100 proof, which is always going to have a a significant burn. But I felt the ice was a necessity. The taste comes through a little bit more with the ball. It obviously dilutes the, the burn.
0: Yeah, but it also opens up more flavors it does and i put it it on more
1: flavorful with the ice and i think all in all even though i don't like rye and i don't like bottled and bond uh most of the time i think i'm at like a hmm maybe like a four i think this is a four for me
0: very interesting so as i promised um you heard the term bottled and bond uh some people may or may not know what bottled and bond means so I am going to tell you what it means. So bottled in bond is a label for an American-made distilled beverage that has been aged and bottled according to a set of legal regulations contained in the United States government's standards of identity for distilled spirits as originally laid out in Bottled in Bond Act of 1897. As a reaction to widespread adulteration in the American whiskey, The act made the federal government the guarantor of a spirit authenticity, gave producers a tax incentive for participating and helped ensure proper accounting and the eventual collection of the tax. No shit. Uncle Sam wants his tax. Although the regulations apply to all spirits, most bonded spirits are whiskey in practice. To be labeled as bottled in bond or bonded, the liquor must be produced of one distillation season, January to June or July to December, by one distiller at one distillery. It must have been aged in a federally bonded warehouse under U.S. government supervision for at least four years and bottled at 100 proof. That is why this bottle is 100 proof. But that also so,
1: means it was in the U.S. government supervision for the full year, four years. Correct. Okay. So
0: a bottle of 100 proof is 50% alcohol by volume. The bottled product's uh, label must identify the distillery where it was distilled and, if different, where it was bottled. Only spirits produced in the United States may be designated designated as bonded. Some consumers consider the term to be endorsement, of quality while many producers consider it archaic and wow jesus christ <laughs> uh, uh some may consider it as an archaic and do not use it however because bottled and bond whiskey must be the product of one distillation season one distillery and one distiller whereas ordinary straight whiskey may be a product of the mingling of straight whiskies of the same grain type with differing ages and producer and producers within a single state, it may be regarded as a better indication of the distiller's skill, making it similar in concept to a single malt whiskey, small batch whiskey, or single barrel whiskey.
1: Now we got the Wikipedia definition.
0: Yes, so now everybody knows what bottled and bond means. Under government supervision, they make sure that they get their tax dollars. They give the distiller uh, an incentive to do it under bottle and bond, and it is guaranteed to be a hundred proof. Uh, another term I mentioned before: chilled, chill filtration,
1: chilled filtering. Chill is a method in whiskey Hubba, making hubbla, for hubbla, removing hubbla. residue.
0: Are we gonna do this one over? And filtering
1: whiskey <laughs> is cold to be yeah. <laughs> to between fourteen to forty forty hey degrees Fahrenheit. <laughs> And through a fine, I think that's supposed to say absorption yep. filter.
0: That's direct copy and paste from Wikipedia. Yeah,
1: well, someone add D with the B, adsorption. This is done mostly for <laughs> cosmetic reasons to remove cloudiness, rather than to improve taste or consistency. So in this bottle, that is not done. So just for that clarification.
0: So yes, they they did not um, filter this bottle out. They didn't do the chill filtering method.
1: But again, it is not done to improve taste or consistency. Rather
0: to improve the color of the product. Correct. So my take on the new Riff. At the nose, it's a spiciness. A little bit of vanilla. Tasting it neat, spicy. I get a little bit of oak in there. And then once... um, once I put an ice ball in it, top shelf ice balls. Still has a little bit of a spice to it, but not as much. Uh, a, a little burn to the finish and a little hint of vanilla is in there. And, and I think it brings out the oak. So I'm gonna give it a uh I'm gonna give it a five, a solid five. Wow,
1: how to trump me on that one, huh? You gotta keep track of what we actually give these is Buffalo Trace. The proof is ninety. Which is less than, if you remember from our last episode, less than a bottle and bond, which is required to be hundred per interesting thing about Buffalo Trace, it is aged at least eight years. Now Buffalo Trace distillery is a large distillery, but still eight years is a long time from a product life cycle perspective. That means from the time they actually make the bourbon, it sits in a barrel for eight friggin' years.
0: Okay. Hoping that at the end of eight years, it's something worthy to drink.
1: That's true, right? At the end of eight years, maybe shit, and they may have to dump it.
0: Now, I just want to let everybody know that's listening. I, I tried doing the, the research on the Buffalo Trace um, information, and, and it was very difficult trying to find some information. There was this, the, the age, at least eight years, I'm not sure if that's 100%. That's not even on Buffalo Trace's website. I found that somewhere else. So this one was a little a little bit difficult doing some uh, research on, but for the most part we try to we try to provide everyone with 100% correct information.
1: Again, the label doesn't have it, so it makes it very difficult for us to tell. So the mash bill is 51% corn, approximately 10% rye. The color, which is interesting, so we were we actually had a, a longer than anticipated break because we were debating the color. So the color on Buffalo Trace's website actually says deep amber. Now, when we were talking about it, we went back and forth. We found a, a grid that we're gonna use go forward on what the color of this bourbon actually is. As we were going through it, we, we said this really isn't deep amber. This more looks like a medium amber to us. And I think that's what I'm gonna go with. I'm even looking at the bottle right now. Sal can see me looking at the bottle even though we're in we're going through Zoom. I'm more of a medium amber and I think Sal and I were in agreement that really this is more medium amber.
0: A caramel, like more of a caramel color. Yeah, this, I think caramel, so along the same color uh, chart, we'll have whatever your heart desires.
1: So then the price point that we, we also talked about is we've seen it from and we've heard from other people. Price point in Buffalo Trace can be from 20 to $40. Again, remind you, I said at the beginning of this little dialogue, that I actually drank it for $14 on the rocks. I think it was in a sushi bar in New York city. How many of those little shots can they get from this bottle? Significant amount, probably about 20. So they're making their markup. The aroma is a, a vanilla, almost sweet flavor to it. It is by far probably one of my most favorite bourbons that I've ever tried. Even to this day, I've been, Drinking bourbon for a long time. I've tried a lot of different bourbons. There's bourbons I I honestly don't like at all. Rye, I mean, some rye I don't like. Last weekend, realized there are a couple of ryes I do like, which is contrary to what I previously said. But this is sweet. This goes down so smoothly. You can taste the brown sugar, and there's a little oakiness to it. The other thing is there's a slight burn. It's a very, very slight burn that goes down the palate, and it, and it really opens up into your chest. It is very, very, it's one of my favorites. It is, and I'm so biased. So with all of that said, I'm going to let Sal give his opinion before I give my rating because when we talk off air as we're tasting it, we're more tasting about the, the taste, the aromas, making sure our notes are all all aligned. We don't talk about our rating because it's important that it is really done on the fly. I've already tipped my hand saying this is one of my favorites. When I drink bourbon, I like bourbon. I'm not really gonna be an old-fashioned guy. We had a party a week ago, two weeks ago, where someone made a bourbon drink. It was fantastic. But for me, if I'm drinking bourbon, I like bourbon on the rocks. I don't need a Manhattan. I'd rather just go, if we're going to a bar, nothing fancy. I want my bourbon on the rocks. If it's a if it's a nice bar and they keep like a Buffalo Trace, or, and this is a, a moderately priced bottle, or they keep something fancier, I'll be going with that. Sal, what are your thoughts on Buffalo Trace?
0: I'm gonna echo uh, Rob's aromas, the vanilla sweetness of the uh, of the bourbon. Uh, tasting notes, it's sweet to the taste. Uh, there's some vanilla in it. You can taste some brown sugar. And if there's oak, some oak that comes through, depending on how you're you're drinking it and you're, and you're breathing, you'll get that oak flavor. I do like Buffalo Trace. If I drink during the week, I'll drink. Uh, I'll, I'll hit the Buffalo Trace bottle. But I do make Manhattans and Old Fashions with my Buffalo Trace. That's about the only bourbon I use to make mixed drinks. I won't use anything else, typically Buffalo Trace. So I'll have one or two bottles on hand most of the time.
1: How could Sal do that to the Buffalo Trace?
0: Getting to my rank. So as everybody knows, we rank the bourbons from uh, 1 to 10. Uh, I am going to have to rank the Buffalo Trace. I'm going to give it a 4.9. What? Rob just fell off his chair. I think (laughs) I just woke up the boys. A (laughs) 4.9? Hold on.
1: This bottle, which you just went through and said, you keep two bottles on hand, so it's a nice evening sipping bourbon. You make Manhattan's and Old Fashions out of it, but you give it a four point
0: nine. I give it a four point nine. I give it o- almost a fifty percent. Yeah, and it's it's it's. Look, man, there's there's other bourbons out there that I've had that are up there. You know that that just wow knocks my socks off. This you still like the Schwantz you, you like the on you. the label, don't you? And I'm literally pointing <laughs> to his Schwantz. with that 4.9. reaction. I, I can't wait. I can't wait to hear your your ranking. What do you give? Wow! Trace? I
1: told you in our in our off air uh, production meeting that happened uh, behind in, the scenes you know, behind the scenes that this was going to be the first bourbon that I ranked above five. And I haven't ranked anything above five. I mean, we didn't even rank Widow Jane, so we're gonna have to go back to that. Four point nine. This guy, holy mackerel! I can't wait to see what he ranks Widow Jane. And I was even hesitant, but listen,
0: I, Buffalo Trace. Hey, look! So, it doesn't make you wrong. It, it all depends on what you like. No, no, no but, you know? I know.
1: But so Buffalo Trace is by far probably one of the best tasting bourbons I've I've had. And I think it's if you like a sweet bourbon, it is definitely the bourbon for you. If you're an introductory bourbon taster or you haven't really experienced a lot of bourbon, you should experience Buffalo Trace because it will give you a different perspective. Doesn't have the burn of Bottled and Bond, in my opinion, my humble, crappy palate opinion. Buffalo Trace is probably for the price point, because you got to take price point into consideration. It's just not about the taste and the aroma. So it is not a complex bourbon. That's that's first. For me, it's 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 a very simple bourbon. It has a sweet aroma, has a little spice to it, very mild spice to it, but a a little spice. If you want something that's gonna burn your esophagus on its way down, go to Bottled and Bond or something else that's jacked up and Alcohol content.
0: Something that'll burn your soul.
1: Yeah, this is a nice heat that comes through. It's it's a perfect sipping bourbon. I don't drink a lot of bourbons, honestly, neat most of the time. I usually have an ice cube. What is it? Top shelf balls in my mouth. So that's top
0: shelf. Top shelf balls.
1: Top shelf balls. So coming to a store near you, liquor store near you.
0: So this
1: bourbon, I feel like you can drink neat. Most people with Again, I don't have a sophisticated palate, but I feel like most people can drink and eat. I'm obviously spending a lot of time justifying my my rating. I honestly feel like Buffalo Trace: the price point, the the simplicity of the taste.
0: Rob, are you gonna pussyfoot around this ranking for another I am gonna range? give it
1: a seven point
0: five. Wow, seven five. We're tasting Earlier. Blade and Bow. Blade and Bow is distilled by the Stitzel Weller Distillery Company. So, at this current time, we are going to take a brief break, gather our thoughts and our notes, and come back with our, our rating for Blade and Bow. So, uh, sit tight and we'll be right back. Brought to you by these messages.
1: So the alcohol classification of Blade & Bow is a Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey. The distillery is Stitzel & Weller. Blade & Bow is produced at the original site of the iconic Stitzel Weller Distillery in Louisville, Louisville, Kentucky. (laughs) The original distillery closed its doors in 1992, and Diageo reopened the facility in 2014. In regards to the origins of Blade & Bow name, it represents the two parts of a skeleton key, the blade shaft, and the ornate bow. Diageo states that the blade and bow brand is a tribute to the five keys that once hung on the door of the Stitzel Weller Distillery, which stands for the five steps of making bourbon. Grains, yeast, fermentation, distillation, and aging. So the proof is 91 proof, which again is not bottled and bond. So for all you listeners out there, bottled and bond is what? 100 proof. 100 proof. Uh, the age is interesting. So this is something we learned on this um, episode is that their aging process is something that's called Solera aging system. It allows that no one barrel will ever be empty because they keep older bourbon in the barrel and distill it and route it across the barrels as the new bourbon is poured in or the new liquor is poured in, the older bourbon's there. So essentially mixes with the older bourbon so the interesting part of that is you don't know actually how old blade and bow actually is but i thought that was a little bit interesting and the first time i've heard something like that so it's definitely something we're going to probably do a little bit more research on is does anybody else do solera aging system first time i've heard about it so we kind of prepped these notes evening a couple hours ago so we need to do some more digging on that the mash bill is unknown it's not listed on their website The color is a deep amber the price point is about $55. we have seen it between $50 to $60. Don't get ripped off, don't pay $100 for this bourbon. It is a $50 to $60 bourbon. So the aroma, it's sweet with a little spiciness, but the tasting, I'll retaste it. Just to wet my palate again, give me a second. It has a very, very mild burn, which is interesting for a bourbon, It's very, very mild. It definitely has a sweetness factor. So this buffalo trace, like I talked about last episode. This is probably one of the sweeter bourbons I've had. And if you look at their bottle, they talk about um, toasted cereal and vanilla and a dried fruits. The bottle is very interesting. And I'm sorry I didn't talk about this earlier. It is a much different bottle. It is circular. How many sides does it have, Sal? Is it oct? Is it eight? Two, four, six, seven sides? Seven sides. So seven-sided bottle. It comes with a key on it. So most of these bottles comes with a key. Six sides. And six sides. So each, you sure? You want to count again? One,
0: two, three, four, five, six. Six sides. Okay.
1: So the six sides. And then on each side, there's actually, and Sal pointed this out, there's a there's a little note on each side. And there's five keys that come with the blade and bow. So you have to collect the five keys and you can actually sign up and say, hey, I'm a collector of all five keys on their website. But on the bottle, actually each side, with the exception of the sixth side, has a key. So it goes one key, two key, three key, four key, five key. And underneath one each one of those keys is a little note about the blade and bow brand and bottle. The other thing we learned tonight is blade and bow, while this is the bourbon we're reviewing has a sister or brother bourbon, which is a 22 year aged bourbon, which I'm actually curious if that actually goes through the Solera aging system. I highly doubt it because it states it's a 22 year age, which is a very long life cycle. And I'm curious of the ROI on that, but that's a very long cycle for an aging of a bourbon. I haven't seen it and it's a very limited release based on what we read. We've never seen it anywhere. We only found it on their site. So Sal, I'm gonna give you the option. Do I give my rating now? Or do I wait until you talk about the aroma and the tasting that?
0: I guess I could talk about the aroma and the tasting. Okay. The aroma is <clears> a <throat> uh, light peach and light oak. Uh, that's what I get. As far as the tasting, get the oak taste, the vanilla and a slight fruitiness. And just so everybody knows, we are tasting the blade and bow neat. No ice balls, no top shelf ice balls.
1: So most of our tastings will be doing neat because it doesn't dilute the the taste. And I think most of the ones we've done up to this point have been neat, if I'm not mistaken.
0: No, I think we've done a couple with some balls.
1: Well, the second
0: glass so was, was with balls. Yes. So I'm going to have to give the blade and bow a five point seven.
1: Wow, you you deviated from the half and the full to a 0.7. Interesting.
0: Yes, yes. I give it a five point seven. That's uh, funny. I like it. It's an easy sipper. It's a smooth bourbon. Um, it's It's getting up there with with some of the other bourbons I enjoy drinking but I'm giving this a 5.7.
1: In the last episode, I gave Buffalo Trace a 7.5. And a lot of what I gave Buffalo Trace, Buffalo Trace is a relatively cheap bourbon and it has a very nice taste to it. So I think the combination of price and taste came into play for me and that is why I ranked it so high because I feel like it's an affordable bourbon that gives you a good return on your investment. As a collector of bourbon, which I now deem myself, because <laughs> I have a sufficient amount of bourbon, I think from a pure tasting standpoint, I do like blade and Bo better. So I think if, we, if you take price out, which ideally probably should be the case um, most of the time, but I felt like there are very few $30 bourbons that I would keep in my cabinet on a regular basis, and I felt Buffalo Trace warranted that rating. I feel like blade and bow, and granted, I like sweet bourbons. I think I'm going to give it the 8.0. I think I'm going to give it a full 8.0. 8.0. I I was wavering on 7.9, but I was like, listen, it has that half a point up on, on Buffalo Trace.
0: It is a is it is a nice smooth um, sipping bourbon. I think it's uh, you don't have to do the ice b- over ice. Uh, I think it's smooth enough where you can enjoy it neat. I do enjoy my bourbon neat, uh, depending on the proof. Uh, when you get to like a, uh, I think it's a Booker's. Booker's is like hundred and twenty-six proof. Yeah, totally that's, that's that's you know that's a little fire. There, So, uh, you know, when you, when, you, when I get up in that that type, I typically throw in an ice cube or two. Um, but it, the blade and bow, I'm going to say, is a nice, easy drinking bourbon. A nice, smooth sipper. Uh, pair it nice with a, with a partagas. I
1: think that's fair. I, I think for me, I was thinking back to when we did Buffalo Trace. This burn is a lot less. Even the burn from, and, and I talked about this in, when we talked about Buffalo Trace, the burn for Buffalo Trace was, you could feel it burn all the way down. This, there, there's a slight tinge. It's not, this is a very, very sweet bourbon. It's, again, it's not for everyone because not everyone loves sweet bourbons, but and some people enjoy the burn. It, it, for me, the burn is, shouldn't be the predominant factor of the bourbon. The taste should come out. The different flavors should come out. I he, at the beginning of the episode, we actually poured out our bourbons to let them open up a little bit, and that's another kind of trick is you want them to open it up. Some people feel that this, it, you, dropping – what is it? A, um,
0: medicine a, dropper. Of yeah, bo- medicine dropper, of water.
1: distilled water, opens up the bourbon too.
0: To test your own palate, to, for everybody that's listening, pour yourself a glass of bourbon neat. As soon as you pour it, take a sip. Wait five minutes, take another sip. You'll see as, as, as you continue to wait and you know wait five minutes, another five minutes, another five minutes, the complexity of the, the bourbon will change. The flavor of the bourbon will change. Once it, it's exposed to air, you'll see that it, the flavors start coming out. And that's how I like to enjoy my bourbon.
1: Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the Consolidated Bourbon Review episode. Tune in next time for another episode of the Rad Dads Podcast.